0: I wish I just go to multifamily in the beginning without going to struggle with the single family. Because from my experience as a finance person, you know, when we said about risk, risk concentration, risk mitigation, that's exactly it. From the risk point of view, when you have single family, you your tenant move out, you have 100% vacancy. Welcome to The Real Deal, a commercial real estate investing podcast. I'm your host, Aman Shahi. There's a ton going on in the world right now and much of it impacts real estate investors. The Real Deal podcast will take a look at what's happening and how it influences you as a real estate investor. Each episode is a 20-minute segment dedicated to distilling the day's most
1: important news, so you can stay up to date on what's going on in the world and how it might affect the commercial real estate market. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Real Deal Podcast. In today's show, our guest is an experienced multifamily syndicator and the founder of Essential Element Capital. Welcome, Linda Lim. How are you doing, Lena?
0: I'm good. How are you guys?
1: Really good. good. All right. So let's get it started. So tell us your story. How did you get started in, involved in real estate?
0: Okay. You want a short story or you want a long story?
1: (laughs) I said long story. Let's go with the long one.
0: Okay. So how I started, um, uh, I actually been in investment. My background is finance, right? I mean, I I have two bachelor's degree uh, way back in Indonesia. One is linguist literature and the other one is business economy. And I came to United States to study master uh, in grad school in finance. So all my life, what I know is finance. After I graduate, I was a stockbroker first. Mm-hmm. I'm in Wall Street, mm-hmm. so that's how I started. And nice. slowly, I gather more licenses besides seven. So I got the um, yeah. life insurance. I have real estate. It's all into like one package, right? You get you have to yeah. get retirement planning and all of that. Uh, but I haven't never practiced my uh, real estate license until probably like, you know, um, I have my relationship for 20 years already. So probably two years in uh, because it's conflict of interest. So we don't really practice all you have to have the license, but you don't practice all the license. Right. So I do like buying and selling in a circle, friends and family. Uh, That's how I started with real estate, become um, uh, an agent. Um, After that, you know, long, long story short. I went to banking. The last position that I'm in is um, I was commercial real estate underwriter with Citigroup. And at that time, I remember in 2008 when everything just like, you know, we we have financial crisis. I remember when um, early in the morning, New Year's, the first, when I came to work the whole mortgage department in Citigroup got wiped out pretty much closed down in just one day. Right. Mm-hmm. It made me realize that I have two kids and uh, I'm a single parent. Mm-hmm. So at that time I realized that, you know, W2 is not going to get me anywhere. I mean, people yeah. are sometimes thinking that W2, you know, is a stability secure and things like that. I realized, no, it's just like really out of my control, you know? Mm -hmm. So with that, in my personal life, I have like so many different, uh, you know, uh, challenges also at that time. You know, I came from an abused relationship and I have two kids and our relationship to divorce and things like that was not um, smooth. So there's a lot of... um, things going on between, you know, like uh, the dynamic between our family is very, you know, it's, it's up and down. So I took that opportunity when the mortgage went down. Um, one of my, I was born and raised in Indonesia. So one of my cousin, my family is actually um, a developer. You know, I'm from uh, developer background, a real estate developer background uh, in the family. Uh, they built resort in Bali, so mm, I took goodness. that opportunity to go to Bali. You know, uh, be in CFO position, live Citibank. So it's kind of like it's a it's not plan, but also it's not something like. But but also I know that that's the only way to do it is like live the W two, for me yeah. for me and my kids to be able to survive. And I also thinking that. I want to not to put the kids in the middle because we're always constantly fighting. So Mm -hmm. I went back and forth three weeks in Indonesia, two weeks in LA, three weeks in Indonesia, two weeks in LA. And as a CFO, I do capital raising too, at that time for our project, you know, Mm -hmm. so our investors mostly in Southeast Asia. So it's pretty much like I live in a suitcase. I can go to, uh, Hong Kong for one day or having breakfast in Singapore and then having dinner in Bangkok in one day. It was was crazy. We work with hotel management too. So as a hotel resort uh, owner, we usually choose the hotel management, Hmm. you know, to to work with us, right, from the design and everything Hmm. like that. So we built the ground up with the help of the hotel management. We choose Langham or Holiday Inn or, you know, whatever that we choose. They do the design and everything like that. So... I lived like that for a while, <laughs> for a few years, till to the point that my son is actually get abused by the, the stepmom. So I have to come back and I have to drop everything. And um, as a mom, I realized that it doesn't matter how many opportunities out there. You know, yeah. your job, number one job is being a mother. At that point, yeah. our my decision is not logical anymore. It's more into like what my heart telling me, right? So I give up everything and I stay in United States, back in the United States. And uh, that changed everything because I don't have a job. Remember that mm-hmm. I, I, I come back, I don't have a job. And I remember at that time that my son wanted to do like a sole custody. So all the money that I earn from here and there or the saving get wiped out, go to, you know, legal court and legal too. Mm. I was just really oh. in the in a very um, desperate place at that time. And uh, CD won me back, but it took them uh, forever to get an approval opposition position because my position is already gone. And uh, mm. at that point I realized that the only license that I have at that time was uh, real estate and life insurance. With the real estate, I went to pretty much like, I think I tell the story also in Phoebe. I went to all my clients in, in commercial banking before and then telling them that I'm back. I have my real estate license. I can find you at a property or something like that. Because I remember when you know when you have a close relationship with your client, you remember their situation. You remember their appetite, right? So yeah. you kind of like know what kind of building or things like that they're looking for. So I go, I know from one side, I know from the tax return side, and I know how to find lender for them. So I, for me, it's a plus on my side being a, a, a realtor at that time. Uh, but I also realize that commission as a realtor that, you know, you started a realtor or you become a realtor, you know, recent, it's not going to catch up with the need, you know, financial need that my two kids Especially, uh, they almost go to college. I was thinking about that too, like, you know, school and things like that. I'm by myself. So I will not going to be able to make it if I continue Mm -hmm. doing the real estate commission as a a realtor. So what I did is like, I went to one of my clients in a Mm -hmm. city before that we have a close relationship. I went to him. I know he's a real estate investor, hardcore. He likes one, two, four, you know, he like warehouses. His name is Pablo. And I tell this story all the time because this part changed I remember my that. life. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. met with him too, right?
2: Yeah, I met yeah. him too. Yeah. So
0: I went to him and I told him that I was just crying because I don't know what else to do at that time. You know, uh, I, t- I just know I need money. Um, so I told him that I do not have any money, but I know how to make money. Growing up in you know entrepreneurs' family, we see opportunity and we go for it. You know, when in Southeast Asia you don't you don't go to W two. You you just, you know, looking for a business all the time. And you train your your guts and your eyes, everything else is, you know, you pretty much train to see opportunity. You know, and uh, I took a risk also immigrated to United States by myself. I remember I sleep in the airport for two days when the first time I came because I have no one. That's how I came to United States. So when I went to Pablo, I thought that Pablo would say no, because he took all the risk. The money doesn't come from me, 100% from him. I only working to make money from that money pretty much. Right. Hmm. Few seconds. He say, sure let's do it. So from then on, things change, you know, we invest in starting with like, you know, single family, we flip, we do, we do a lot of flipping and uh, we hold like, you know, probably one or four or the 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 largest is probably 12 units, you know, it's an, and um, sometimes we do the added value. Sometimes we do the ground up, you know, but everything that we do, you know, we do it together. That's how I start doing the real estate is basically from flipping. And then from flipping, I have another partner who's the contractor that's until now we still partner up. So I have my own construction company from that as well. So I've been doing yeah. like private syndication and all that. I have investors that invested in our flip or in some of property that we hold as a JV or syndication, but. I always do it in California or Southern California or basically San Bernardino County or uh, LA County, Orange County. I never go out from that until COVID hit. COVID changed everyone, right? Changed me. We need basically, we need to pivot because, uh, you know, the way we do business is a little bit different now and, uh, you know, from do not want to go out of state at all. I'm very like, you know, oh, this is, um, this is my comfort zone. I know how to flip in this area. I know how to invest in this area to the point that, okay, now the price is going up. You know, the building materials is going up. You know, then what? Right. Um, it, it forced me to look at out of state. That's when, you know, I start the out of state, um, syndication, but that's my real estate journey is pretty much. You know, uh it doesn't happen um it's just by force, but it's the situation. Put me in that.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. (laughs) It was such a a powerful story to hear. And I love the fact that when you were asked, Hey, what's your real estate story? It's it's really your life story is how you ended up where you are right now. And Yeah, there's so many places I'm just like, oh God, I I feel like I should, I really want to pay you a lot of respect for what you have done. This is really inspiring to hear.
2: Thank you. Thank you. The question I have so, why do you think Pablo chose to work with you at that time? That's a great question.
0: Say this again. Sorry.
2: So, why do you think Pablo chose to work with you at that time?
0: Okay. So, uh, guts, gut feeling. So, so it's basically, I have so many clients. I have so many clients that are mm-hmm. close to me too, because the fact that I'd be able to live United States for a while, I'm not in the United States business, right? Basically, I'm going back and forth. Yeah. I come back for my kids only, right? And then when I come back, I have to go to all my roller desks. I have so many options, right? But then
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's based only my desk. I don't have the Citibank data anymore. So... The client and the friends that I go to, and I go to one by one every day, mm. I try to set up at least four or five appointments every day, face-to-face, right? Uh, but I also know that by building a relationship with my client, I know which one that have the same philosophy. And mm. that's when I know, I only went to one person, which is Pablo at that time, you know? Because I know we believe the same thing. We have the same work ethic. We have the same uh, risk taking, you know? And I know that we get along so well, you know? And uh, yeah, that's based on, to me, looking for a partner is more important than looking for the deal. I can always make money, but finding the right person that I'm gonna do it with is really important because that can be a deal breaker. You can have the best deal but you have the wrong partner, you pretty much over.
1: A hundred percent. So yeah. you previously you mentioned the idea of having a W-2 is actually some people think it's secure, but it's actually insecure in many perspectives. And when you made that transition from W-2 to being a real estate investor, and this is not, like you clarified, not the commission-based real yeah. estate work. Can you tell us what changed in your mindset that you're like, okay, now this is what I had to do, and what helped make that transition?
0: When I saw the whole mortgage get wiped out in the city. So that was actually a, a big aha moment because um, my friend, I have a lot of friends in mortgage industry in that Citibank group, right? And they they didn't even know that they're gonna get fired. They went to, to work oh, wow. on New Year's after the New Year's, know nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. The same thing like happened also recently with Google, right? I and mean, some of them also, they get fired without knowing. They don't know whether they're gonna get fired or not. It's just like all of a sudden, you know, on that same day, mm-hmm. everything is just gone. So because I watched that and I know I have, little kids you know i know that my responsibility is still like you know what happened if that happened to me if that happened with some of my friends it can happen to me too so that was yeah. my my biggest you know like yeah. uh awakening
1: yeah my company had three rounds of layoff in the past two or three years so i i know exactly what you, yeah. were, you were talking about and
0: that's enough for me that one big mm. like wave like that that's enough to scare me because You know, like some people probably has um, the spouse to lay back on. I don't, I'm it, Mm. I'm the breadwinner. I'm taking care of the kids. I take care of the house. I did everything. So I don't have anyone to rely on. You know, I've been, I've been homeless too one time, you know, like, so, so I don't (laughs) want to get, go back in that situation again, you know, and, and um, so that I know I have to make a change and I know, uh, you know, I want to be able to be in control at least mm. whether I'm, how much money I'm going to make. Yeah.
2: So it was all or nothing. Yeah. All or nothing.
0: Yeah. It's not, it's not fancy. I don't even thinking about, Oh, I'm going to yeah. be wealthy. Or things. or mm. Now for me, it's more about security. And I know the mindset about safety shift
2: and survival yeah. and survival. So let's pivot to the multifamily. Mm-hmm. Share us about your multifamily, first multi, multifamily yeah. deal syndication. Tell us about that.
0: Um, multifamily deal syndication to me I mean I like everybody else we start with single family home right because people think that it's easy it's affordable you know how I'm gonna have money to buy apartments you know like it's kind of like beyond everyone thinking because the dollar amount the price tag, right Mm. there's a lot of people don't know about how syndication work that you can have a little bit but you can purchase a big thing. For me, after crossing over from a single family to multi-family, I wish I just go to multi-family in the beginning without going to struggle with the single family. Because from my experience as a finance person, you know, when we said about risk, risk concentration, risk mitigation, that's exactly it. From the risk point of view, when you have single family, you your tenant move out you have 100% vacancy so your risk yeah. is actually very high because you have concentration right but in multifamily one or two tenant out you still have the rest of the tenant so your cash flow is still going in so your risk is actually mitigated you know you don't have that 100% risk yeah. concentration anymore the same thing you know like from from bank lender or things like that point of view you know if we never we actually don't lend money to uh, to any company that has client, concentration client. For example, there's one company mm-hmm. saying that, oh, my client is Walmart or Costco. Mm-hmm. The next question that we ask mm-hmm. is like, how many percent that Costco, you know, have for your um, whole, you know, um, income? It's like, oh, they, they, most of them are them 60, 70%. Oh, for us, is a no, no, because that one Costco or mm-hmm. Walmart say, you know what, bye-bye. I'm not going to buy anything from you and I, or, or I'm, I'm, I'm done with you. That whole 60%, 70% income, gone. You think the same, the same philosophy you apply to real estate. So people saying that, oh, you know, a single family is going to be easier. No, the risk is higher. That's one. Two, from the operational point of view, costs, right? If you have five different location for single family, can you imagine you have to go to one by one, time consuming, right? And also like become very expensive because when you want to call a handyman, you have to get it a bit all the time. Right? So overall the expenses is higher. When the expenses is higher. The risk is higher. The net income also become very little. So sometimes in comparison, time and things like that, it's not even worth it. You know, with multifamily, the drawback is only the price tag. That's why syndication. Come yeah. to play. You know, back in so, the day. Yeah.
1: So for your first deal, mm-hmm. uh, what was that unit count? Was that uh, a small single, fa- a small multi-family, or was it uh, what, what's the unit count look like? Can you give us the breakdown? Okay, so the, the
0: multifamily mm-hmm. that I I did the first time is about six, right? And then go to six twelve. Units? Yes. So mm-hmm. yep. anything five and up is considered multifamily. Then yeah. I never go. You know, everybody has a fear. That was my fear too. Like I, it stuck in my head. Okay, I know multifamily is um, is way to go. Uh, I do the private syndication or JV, but all my experience, I did everything. So I basically find the deal. I found the deal. I mm-hmm. underwrite the deal. I manage the asset, and then I consider the exit myself. So basically, all my partner, mm-hmm. the all limited partner or silent partner, right? Because of, I do everything myself. I, I'm, I'm scared to, you know, buy anything bigger than that. Right? Because the risk is on me. If I lose, you know, you know, I, I I get this whole, um, I built my reputation. This business is all about reputation. The same thing like any other business. I built my reputation organically. If I screw up, Then it's I'm over. (laughs) There's no other second (laughs) chance because you you lose your investor money and that was it. So because of that, I'm very careful and I'm very scared to scale until I learn to go out of state and until I learn to partner with bigger syndicator uh, in Arizona. Then I know. Oh, you know what? It is. It's a team player. It's basically like you know you 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 don't have to do it alone, and that give me more power now. You know, I I can go pretty much like sky is the limit for me. Like you can you can go in, you know you can scale, you can do anything because I know it's doable to do it with. There's a lot of capable people out there. What you need to yeah. do is just you have to find it. You just have to make sure that you have the same work ethic, you have the same philosophy, right? But there's a lot of smart people there's a lot of people that are more than capable to doing it So to me now like you know before I was thinking like I have to do it all by myself not anymore. So hmm. to scale to get a bigger one if I can go bigger I'd rather go bigger and then uh, team up with everyone rather than I'm doing it myself and then take all the risk myself.
2: And um, for your big first multifamily deal, how did you find the partner?
0: Uh, conferences meetup,
2: like, which, which conferences? Uh, okay, so What the, kind of conferences?
0: From forum... Well, you know how we meet up the, you know, the LP, the partners and things like that, right? That was the, the yeah. story. Yeah. But my biggest leap is when I went to VSP conference, which is Vertical mm. Street Venture uh, Conference in Scottsdale. Yeah, Phoenix. Phoenix. It's actually
2: Phoenix only Bronx.
0: last year that I go yeah. out of state, you yeah. know, so I'm not... You know, I'm I'm a, a a long player for real estate, and and uh, I understand about syndication. But for for me to go out of state, it just started last year. And um, when I went to conference, you know, from the choose the the speaker that they choose from the itinerary that they put it together, I knew they pre seasoned, and I knew they know what they're doing. So. I was the one who yeah. actually came approaching them. And I said, look, I have investor, the same thing like approaching problems. So I, I kind of like redo it, everything all over again. <laughs> so I went to them and I said, you know, I, I have investor ready to go. I don't have any project in California and they all expensive. They are ready to invest, you know, and they probably in their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that a lot, you know, like, I'm, you know, probably everybody also saying that, oh, I have money, I have money. Uh, But long story short, we happened meet again with the with the managing partners before I leave in the breakfast. Um, Everybody, I think all the restaurants closed at that time. It's only one or two restaurants that open because it's a holiday. So we met again. I started to get the conversation. (laughs) Hey, look, you know, I have I have investor, you know, and um, finally they follow up. This is also interesting story. But they follow up and I tell them about my background, things like that. We speak about one hour uh, with Ronnie, one of the managing partner, which is, you know, one of my uh, mentor too. Uh, And Ronnie said, okay, good. You know, um, we'll talk again next time. Okay, that's it. But then he sent me a text. Hey, Linda, thank you so much for the one hour. And, you know, it's been great. And um, I hope, you know, you have a day. That's it. And then... I just lost about two million dollars in crypto, by the way. <laughs> That's probably the missing oh, wow. I L in, in the beginning of where the, did that come from <laughs> in the beginning of the was- in the beginning yeah. of the year in uh, last year. Wow, wow. So um, I find that this is a fraud. So I do the you know hedging and stuff like that. All of a sudden, the platform gone. So it's not because I don't know how to yeah. hedge. The platform is gone, FBA get involved and things like that. That's why people out there just be really careful because they just close down and then there's no law. Right. So I lost that money. So I know when I went to the BSB conference, I have, you know, I have so much hope. I'm confused, but I also have so much hope. So when I talked to Ronnie and I, and Ronnie said, okay, um, see you again. You know, um, we'll talk again next time. I'm replying to that text or that email. Hey, you know, thank you so much for the time. But, you know, um, I'm in a crossroad right now. So I really need help. I just don't know what I need. But I know that I need to,
2: Mm.
0: you know, uh, make everything better. Mm. I'm very, uh, my message is very vague. But Mm. the good thing is it's really a godsend. He called me back. He said, like, you know what, let's set up another Zoom tomorrow. And then I said, sure. Mm. But in my head, it's like, we just talked for an hour. What else that you want to? You know, okay. what do you want to know about me? Uh, but the next day we got a Zoom and he said, Linda, when you said that you're in a crossroad and you said that you're confused, what are you confused about? And I said, how long do you have? <laughs> how long? What time? I <laughs> said, oh, I have all day. You can tell me a story. So I tell him a story is actually from the very beginning when I came to United States until I lost the money, until I came to the conference. Mm. So, and... I was just crying because it was so new to me, you know. Uh, I know I went to conference in May, June or something like that, and I just lost oh. everything in January, right?
1: This is last year and this, this is, year, January. Yeah,
0: this is oh. in to- 2022. So the whole hedging mm. is 2021 and the 2021. Yep. Um, uh, and, and then Ronnie said that, I will, let me let me talk to the team and then, you know, see what we can do. So he talked to the managing partner at that time, they have one project syndication for 232 mm. units in Tucson that they have not closed, but about to close. And then they still mm-hmm. do the capital raising because it's not closing yet. Uh, but I'm, they don't know me. They don't know me. They don't know my yeah. background at all. And then the next day, Ronnie called me back and it's like, we decided to bring you in as a capital raiser. Wow. Yeah. So... That nice. change everything, you know, and right away, they put me in a team. So I raised capital. One of my strengths is, is capital raising. So I raised capital with mm-hmm. them for that Metro Tucson. Since then, two months after I get another deal. So, get okay, syndication is very funny, right? And you, especially, even though you don't have any experience in out of state, what you need to do is just one deal. It changed everything. Mm-hmm. The same thing, like for me with Pablo to what, what I need is, some, what people need in general is one opportunity, mm. one.
2: And it's all yeah. about relationships one, and opportunity. one opportunity. If
0: you have one opportunity, the, way, the door yeah, open, yeah. then yeah. everything open for you.
2: Just get in.
1: And I think just the way in. that you went out and established those relationships is just amazing. And it really went from. A very authentic perspective of yourself like hey i'm here i know that i'm here to provide i don't know how exactly this is going to work but i know there's value for me to provide and and like just share your authentic story and i think that really moves a lot of people and get you know get that connection and just start to create syndication teams and just start from there all values are created from relationships and Oh, God, this is such an inspiring story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Of course, of course. So, and um, mm -hmm. one
2: question I want to ask, is not about the real estate, it's about like, if today is your last day on this planet, what message do you want to give to the world? Uh,
0: I would say that not to worry about what's going to happen next, you know? I think most Mm -hmm. of us, including myself, right? And I'm still learning this too. I mean, you know, as I get older, things get you know, better, but then, you know, when we always worry about, you know, what's going to happen next. We we always worry about something that may not happen. And I learned, this is, I think, the one that I have to remind myself every day to, every hour to, you know, when I get start to get worried and stuff like that. Somehow, universe work in mysterious way. When you have that energy, energy attract the same energy. Right? I mean, we're not talking yeah. about religious thing here. I mean, we're talking about the energy. When you worry so much, and then what you, you when you you know passing out there is fear, you will attract fear.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Yeah so there's the door somehow, the opportunity somehow, it's just not even though that's there, you won't be able to see it. You know? So if mm-hmm. we be able to be more open and and trust, which is hard, trust to everything is going to be fine because we all live in like up and down situation all the time. There's never, the up never been always always there and the downside never always yeah. in, the, in the downside. Yeah. Right. So if we have that in mind and then we kind of like, you know, try to do it more, uh, I mean, in a positive way, peacefully and know that, you know, We'll get there. You know, if there's a problem, the problem, yeah. because we sometimes we're analyzing something and then trying to do it, like, you know what? This, this might happen. This may happen. This may happen. Then it's hinder you to do even do anything, right? And yeah. that thing that you listed may not happen, may, may not happen, or may happen in different shape, which is, that's beyond your control. Yeah. The only way to do it is like, when you there, you know, what is your issue is, then you can solve it there. I think that's my message.
2: There's always light after the darkness.
1: I love yeah. that. And yeah, our world is in the sense of energy and vibration. So I totally understand what you just said. And it, I I think that view also helped me to get through so many limiting belief yeah. hurdles, like you mentioned, over analyzing, never get started. That's me that we, I mean. Do. I don't know if it's an Asian thing, but uh, we just do that. <laughs> and uh,
0: no, trust um, me, it's not an Asian so, so. thing. There's a lot of people. Okay, you, have, yeah. you go to meet up, you go to conferences. Aman, you know, right? There's so many people out yeah. there they're coming all the time. They always go, right? But yeah. then they they don't they don't do anything. They don't, they don't because they analyze it so much. You know, they think they'll be able. Yeah. They want to be able yeah. to control everything. Because just that's so impossible impossible to to control you know what gonna happen next no one be able to do that yeah,
1: yeah. sometimes you just gotta oh, yeah. you just gotta take the deep dive yes um thank you That's so much linda so before we wrap this up where can people go out and find more about you
0: um i have a website uh com. uh we can schedule you know a meeting i actually you know uh, Love to get to know, like you know, new people. Like I, I embrace people's story because I think at this point in my life, you know, that's actually the one that fueled me. I'll be able to relate with people. I learn from people's story, right? We all do, right? I mean, everybody has their unique, yeah. You know, um, you just have to be comfortable to share it. I was not before. I I'm not so comfortable sharing it, but I know that the more you'll be able to do that, you know, then I also be able to learn from somebody else too, you know, with, with the feedback and anything. So yeah, my website, um, I'm in social media too. Uh, I have everything, I mean, even in Lincoln, Lincoln and um, uh, IG and also Facebook.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so me. much, Linda. Bye. All
1: right. That's See you awesome. in the next one.
0: Thank you for joining us on The Real Deal, a commercial real estate investing podcast, the show that covers everything to do with multifamily real estate investing to help you become an expert in your real estate ventures. We're here to help you create passive income and financial freedom so that you can achieve what you want whenever you want. We'll catch you next time on The Real Deal.